If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I want you to imagine something. Now, you see me here. And I know you probably can't tell through the television set, but I'm six foot eight. I was really tall. And I want you to imagine I get a uh, teardrop tattoo on my face, throw on a do-rag, dirty-looking T-shirt, and about midnight tonight, I show up at your door. Apartment, house, whatever you got, and pound on the door. Let me in! Are you going to let me in? Of course not, right? Probably call the cops. Maybe get a gun. It's, who is this big psychopath standing in front of my door? But why aren't you going to let me in? Well, the answer is obvious. You care about your home. You care about yourself. You care about the people in your home. You care about your stuff. That's why you closely monitor who has access to your home. You see, immigration is one of those things that has driven, driven me crazy for so long. Because I see not only the communists on the left, like Joe Biden, we'll get to them in a moment, but I see half of the right spewing out rhetoric like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit of a squish on immigration. I mean, I think we should be nicer to everybody. Your stance on immigration, it's directly tied to how much you love your country. Are you a squish on who you let in your home? Or are you quite strict about who you let in your home? You're quite strict about it because you love it. 
You can tell how much you love the United States of America by how much you think we should monitor illegal immigration into this country. You see, we are in a situation right now where it is dire. It is grossly out of control. The president of the United States himself pretty much said so. Mr. President, what's your reaction to the images coming from the southern border? Get it under control. Get it under control or you have it under control. We will get it under control. It is out of control. We have Haitians. We have people from Central America. We have all these people flooding into the country. And remember, they're not flooding into the country by accident. They're not just wandering up north and, oh, look, the border. They're coming here on purpose. And they're coming here on purpose because of the constant rhetoric out of Joe Biden and the Democratic Party saying America is essentially open for business. Look how nice we're going to be. We're super nice. We're going to let everybody in. We're nice, nice, nice. Oh, we're not going to treat anybody bad. These people watch the news too. When you talk like that, you're extending an invitation to have your borders be overrun. And this problem isn't going to magically go away. Remember when Joe Biden said this? Oh, it'll go away in the summertime. It happens every single solitary year. There is a significant increase in the number of people coming to the border in the winter months of January, February, March. It happens every year. In addition to that, there is a... And nobody... And by the way... Does anybody suggest that there was a 31% increase under Trump because he was a nice guy and he was doing good things at the border? That's not the reason they're coming. The reason they're coming is that it's the time they can travel with the least likelihood of dying on the way because of the heat in the desert. Oh, it's his fault. Now, of course, they're going to lie. They've lied about every single thing under the sun. But the truth is... We are currently flooding the United States of America with illegal immigrants. The number is already over 1 million since Joe Biden took office. That was before we had this new Haitian problem on our border. And there's no indication this is going to stop because they won't even begin to address the problem. And not that they're interested in addressing the problem, but they won't even begin to address the problem. Instead, their whole focus, as you see Mayorkas here, DHS head Mayorkas, their whole focus is simply lying to you about how bad the problem is. We have reiterated that our borders are not open and people should not make the dangerous journey. Individuals and families are subject to border restrictions, including expulsion. Irregular migration poses a significant threat to the health and welfare, welfare of border communities and to the lives of the migrants themselves and should not be attempted. Except none of that's true. None of that's true. Not a single word of what he just said is true. The truth is, if you're somebody who wants to immigrate illegally to the United States of America, there has never been a better time in history for them to do so, ever. The Joe Biden administration has this insane policy where they're simply letting everyone with a family, every family that shows up in the border. Oh, sure. Come on in. We're going to process you all. We'll get you on a bus, put you on a plane, fly you all over the United States of America. 
Oh, you know, maybe drop you off at a charity. Don't worry, we'll give you a phone number. Make sure you check in so we can give you your court date so you can see whether or not you'll stay. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of them are going to make that phone call. What are we doing? We're overrunning the nation. We're overrunning the nation. And the American people are so drowning in misinformation right now from the media, they don't know which way's up. They don't know what's up, what's down, what's left, what's right. They, they can't make sense of anything. I mean, we had standard Border Patrol practice of using horses to help track down illegal immigrants and control illegal immigrants on the border. This is standard practice, standard practice for any nation on the planet. And one bad video, one bad photo, which I didn't even think was bad, gets sent out there. And now half the United States of America believes the outright lie that we're whipping illegal immigrants with whips and reins and ropes. And the media, without an ounce of hesitation or shame, simply gets up and runs with the lie. Here's Cuomo on CNN. I was taken aback uh, by a single image that should make you pay attention to a problem. This one. There's a lot here. Yeah, as an image, to me it does smack of a bygone era of slavery. Aided by reports of people being beaten, whether with a riding crop or the reins, most likely. You may be drawn to the desperation of the man trying to escape. Others, in the desperation of keeping our borders safe, of what I believe the former president tried to depict as a brown menace at our border. Of course, it was Trump's fault, by the way. Just an outright lie. Either a riding crop or a... wasn't beaten with anything. Not with the reins, and he didn't even have a riding crop. And of course, all the media knows this. Everybody knows this. And yet now, we've gotten to the place where our system in this country is so rotted, it's so corrupted to the core that you can simply invent lies out of absolutely nothing, and people in the highest positions of power in this country will run with these lies as if they're facts. Chuck Schumer, as big of a scumbag as he is, he is the Senate Majority Leader. He's the most powerful person in the United States Senate. And he stood on the Senate floor and ran with an outright lie we can all see with our own eyes. I urge President Biden and Secretary Mayorkas to immediately put a stop to these expulsions and to end this Title 42 policy at our southern border, that we cannot continue these hateful and xenophobic Trump policies that disregard our refugee laws. Trump again? Remember something. Remember, just because we, we've gotten so far away from reality, so far away from the truth in this country, we can't tell basic truths anymore. Basic, simple truths, they're, they're treated as radical or dangerous or hateful or racist or any of the other dumb words they use. This is not a left or right issue, Democrat, Republican issue. I mean, it shouldn't be. The standard practice for every nation in the history of the world is... Guard your borders, guard your borders, do not allow illegal immigrants into your country, and when you find illegal immigrants who have entered your country, you deport them. That's not radical, that's not xenophobic, that's not some right-wing stance, 
That's the standard, sane stance that any country in the history of the world has had. But doing either one of those things on even a small scale in this country, we are so mentally broken, is somehow treated as some crazy new policy. I can't believe we're deporting people. We should be deporting people by the million. We should be deporting more people than we're importing into this country every single year until the number is zero. That's not radical. That's called sanity. We got a great special for you tonight. Up next, we'll give you the situation in Del Rio, and it is not good. Hang on. The border is not good, to put it mildly. Joining me now to talk about that is John Hostetler. He's the vice president for federal affairs, states trust the former chairman of the House Subcommittee on Immigration, Border Security, and Claims. So you might say John knows just a little bit about the border. John, recently we've seen what's happening at Del Rio. Okay, I do have to ask, I know this is maybe a stupid question, but Haiti, uh, it is still an island, correct? How did they get to Del Rio? Well... We know many of these folks came to Del Rio from South America. They, they left Haiti several years ago and were living in, uh, for example, Chile and Brazil. Uh, but they learned that uh, as a result of Joe Biden's policies, or I guess I should say uh, lack of policy on the border, that, that uh, this was the time to come to the United States. And uh, whereas in the past August, has been one of the absolutely uh, lowest months for crossing the southern border for obvious reasons. Uh, but given the fact that the Biden administration and the Biden's uh, Department of Homeland Security have effectively opened up the border, this is the time when they are coming. And you're exactly right to focus on Del Rio uh, because that is where uh, the crisis is, is most uh, acute at this time. All right, John, why? Why Del Rio? It's a big border. There are thousands of miles of it here. Why Del Rio, Texas? Well, Del Rio is is uh, not the standard place. Uh, in the past, El Paso uh, on the western side of the state and the RGV, the Rio Grande Valley sector, closer to the the, the uh uh, eastern part of the state has been where most of the action has taken place. Obviously, those are much larger areas and they have a significantly greater uh, presence from the Border Patrol. But Del Rio, because of its size in Valverde County, a county of, uh, uh, of many square miles, but very few people, uh, has been a place where the smugglers, the smuggling industry have realized that, that this is a weak point in our border. Uh, there is a, a, a larger city uh, across the border from Del Rio, but Del Rio itself, the county, uh, Valverde County is is uh, not even 50,000 people. Valverde is, is uh, uh, barely over 35,000 people. So this is the place that the smugglers realize they can get the most impact uh, and the most likely uh, outcome for their clients, their customers, if you will, uh, to get them straight uh, Across the border and into the interior ultimately. 
Okay, why is it why is it more open? Is it lack of a wall? Is it lack of border patrol agents? Do we not have the technology there? Why? Well, really, all of the above. Once again, it okay. is uh, uh, the the border wall has been uh, suspended in the area. In early June, the Texas Public Policy Foundation, our border security coalition of, of made up of dozens of of um, uh, organizations and individuals who's, who has a, have a deep concern for the border visited Del Rio, and we got to see firsthand uh, the result, the consequences of the Biden administration terminating the construction of the border. We went to one location where uh, the Trump administration had begun the process of installing a new uh, gate, uh, and the Biden administration had terminated construction, so the, the gate uh, essentially left an open place where some temporary fencing had been put in, but the uh, smugglers and the migrants had simply um, uh, raised the temporary fencing up from the bottom and then crushed the top of the temporary fencing where the uh, where the barbed wire was initially in order to uh, facilitate folks coming very easily uh, uh, through the fence. So uh, Del Rio is is the place where there is a, a, a major weak point in the in the border, and that's why the smugglers the smugglers know this, and that's why they're concentrating in this area. And with regard John, to, to Haiti, thing... um, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, please go ahead. Please. Well, well, Haiti. Uh, when we went there uh, in June, and we we visited a the facility that a an NGO, a non-governmental organization, was using to facilitate uh, transportation of the individuals from the border into the interior with the aid of the, of the Department of Homeland Security, we witnessed several Haitian individuals, uh, several women, Haitian women who were expecting, which called to mind a, a tragedy that we learned about earlier in the day from Sheriff Martinez, where uh, a young uh, expectant mother, Haitian mother, was actually pulled from the river uh, who, who had perished along with uh, the the two children that she was uh, that she was carrying uh, at the time? So this this is just uh, a tragic situation all all along all around as a result of this administration's lack of policy. John, people don't talk enough about what happens the the effects on the American system when you allow illegal immigration like this to pour into a nation. They don't talk enough about schools. They don't talk enough about hospitals. Can you elaborate on that? Well, it, it is a tremendous burden uh, and is especially burden uh, at the border, near the border. So uh, quite honestly, from an electoral standpoint, this is why we saw a tremendous reversal in the electoral fortunes of Donald Trump in 2000. And 20, though he lost the presidential election, he made huge inroads in border communities, border counties, and districts along the, the Rio Grande Valley because these people are on the front line. Uh, the Texas Public Policy Foundation a few months ago did a study of Liberty County, which is not on the border, but as a result of, uh, of certain initiatives taken on by especially uh, private sector developers in that area, Liberty County is feeling the crush of the burden of all of those situations that you mentioned. They're, they're 
schools are becoming overcrowded. Their funding uh, is is in crisis uh, because of the the large number of uh, illegal migrants that have made it into their area and and along with their children, and the hospitals are, are overrun as well. And it's just having a um, an effect on effect on crime, uh, an effect on non-criminal uh, type of behavior as well. Uh, civil issues are arising there as well. So um, th this impacts, and, and, and the one thing that the folks at Del Rio made it very clear to us, I'm originally from Indiana. I, I served in the House of Representatives rep representing the 8th District of Indiana, and they made it very clear to us, the, the folks at Del Rio, when we had a uh, a town hall meeting of almost 200 residents that showed up to tell us their experiences. They said, the problems that we're having at the border are transient, meaning the, the people come here, spend very little time here, most of them less than 24 hours. Then they make their way into the interior. So the problems that we're having at the border and near the border uh, in the southern part of the country are going to be felt throughout the country. So Jesse, it's it's a matter of time. This is going to be felt all along the country, all all neighborhoods, uh, all along the the uh, the nation as we as we move into this area. We were told by the NGOs that they were facilitating the travel of individuals to Utah, Florida, Oregon, Indiana, all throughout the country, and so it, it's going to be felt there as well. Is there any plan at all to remove any of these people who are flying all over the interior? Well, Jesse, that's the $64,000 question. And interestingly, the Biden administration has recently begun to airlift, especially Haitian nationals, back to Haiti, which, as I mentioned earlier, these folks actually didn't originally come this time from Haiti. They came, most of them, from South America. But the United States government, the Biden administration, is airlifting these folks back to Haiti, which shows a tremendous inconsistency with their border policy and their immigration policy. Haiti is one of the most uh, politically, economically, environmentally devastated places on the face of the earth. And what the administration has told us with regard to why they haven't been able to secure the border up to this point is because of the, the circumstances that these folks are coming from, uh, whether they're Central America or Eastern Europe, Africa, and the like. But now they realize how bad the optics are in Del Rio, especially with 12,000 people huddled under a bridge, that they're actually flying them to Haiti, where they are going to have, uh, they're going to a country that's recently been um, the, the location of a presidential assassination, a 7.2 earthquake. A tropical storm um, and other devastating situations, uh, circumstances. So we know as a result of what's happening right now that the Biden administration could have stopped this at the very beginning because now we know that they can't stand the optics and the optics are killing the approval rating of their president and so they want to change them as fast as possible. And we know now that they could have they could have stopped this before it even started in January. John, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you, Jesse. All right. We'll be back.
what I saw depicted about um, those individuals on horseback treating human beings the way they were is horrible. And um, I fully support what is happening right now, which is a thorough investigation into exactly what is going on there. Um, but human beings should never be treated that way. And I'm deeply troubled about it. The whole point is that we have to understand Haiti. I mean, talk about a country that has just experienced so much uh, tragedy that has been about natural disasters. And we really have to do a lot more to recognize that as a member of the Western Hemisphere, we've got to support some very basic needs that the people of Haiti have to get back up. Yes, Kamala Harris is very, very devastated about the people of Haiti. She tosses and turns at night about it. Joining me now, former police officer and author of the book Beaten Black and Blue, Brandon Tatum. Brandon, I bet you didn't know Kamala Harris. She wakes up every morning crying about the people of Haiti. Her heart goes out to them. Kamala Harris don't give a flying flip about anybody, <laughs> uh, especially people in Haiti. She could care less. And this tells you how much she couldn't care less when she didn't even take the time to research that these Border Patrol agents on horseback are not using whips. It makes no sense. It's not a tactic. And also, if you know anything about horses, you know anything about riding horses, these are reins. And it appears that they have split reins, which could look like a whip, but it's not utilized that way. And everybody knows that it's not. But it doesn't take a rocket scientist. It just takes someone who actually cares about the subject matter, who wants to get to the bottom of this, to actually do a little research. Ask anybody that ride horses. All I did was did a little bit of research to figure out, well, how does the reins work and how does it appear that it looks like a whip? And, and very clearly, people are all over the Internet that ride horses, you know, explaining this. So it's clear she does not really care. She doesn't really care. And she's supposed to be in charge of the border and the border's a disaster. Do you think in the public's eye, th th this is landing on her? Or do you think she has effectively washed her hands of this bad boy? Well, her personally, she haven't taken responsibility for anything at the border. This is the worst the border has been, at least in the last eight years. I mean, we have Haitian people by the thousands setting up tents underneath, you know, bridges in Texas. And the thing about it is that these people are not being tested for COVID. These people, are, you know, they're living in inhumane in, in an inhumane environment. They're having to be, you know, kind of riled and, and, and corralled and all of these different things that I think is not appropriate, but they should not be there. And if our government, Kamala Harris, should be taking the lead on this, if we will tell people our border is closed, they would not make the trek here. They would not pay coyotes to come into our country. But we are giving them the impression that it's wide open. If you can make it here, you in. And this is not the appropriate measure for a person who's in political office that claim or has the responsibility of something like the border. This is a clear failure on Kamala Harris's part. Brandon, I, I do have to ask, I know a bunch of guys in the Border Patrol and the morale is not good right now. I, it is really, really not good right now. You know, you're a former police officer. Could you please elaborate on what morale would be like when you're out there putting it on the line and you simply don't feel like anybody has your back? Well, I mean, this is, this is like if you were a security guard at Disney World and they took away all the metal detectors and they just let everybody bombard and run straight through with no accountability. And then if something happens on the back end, they blame you. This is exactly what's happened at the border at the border with the border patrol. They are doing all that they can. 
Do you think they want to get on horseback and chase people around? Do you think they don't have fears? Do you think that there's not, you know, a, a, a fear of, of getting sick, fear of getting killed, fear of being overrun, the fear of, of trying to combat against terrorism and people coming into our southern border? There, all of that exists. Same thing with policing. And when you have them bashing you when they know better, saying that you're whipping people, majority of our Border Patrol are Hispanic, claiming that this is a racial bias that is occurring. I mean, it, it really hurts when these are the people that have cut your check and these are the people that supposedly are going to support you. And when you don't have enough, um, you know, Border Patrol agents out there and you're just being overrun, it can really hurt morale. And, and, and they're doing all that they can to demonize these men and women who are down there serving with their with their entire life while Kamala Harris is flipping coins at a, at a football game and, you know, sitting somewhere in VIP. Brandon, I'm worried about something, and I think it's, it's, it's come to fruition when you look at the retirement rates in cities like New York City. I'm worried about the warriors who protect our society deciding it's not worth it anymore. And I'm talking about military. There's a story about SEALs getting out. I'm worried about good cops. Just, I mean, look, cops are talented people, especially the good ones. They got options. You don't have to be a cop. I'm worried about Border Patrol agents. I'm worried about the warriors in society waking up in the morning and saying, you know what? Forget this, man. I'm going to go start a business. I'm going to go live. My, I'm going to go do something else because I'm done with this. No one appreciates me anyway. Well, you know what? I hate to say this, and I thought I'd never say this at this point, but uh, they have a point. Um, is it worth it? Is it worth you spending 30 years somewhere, and then because you don't get the vaccination shot, somehow you lose your entire career? Is it worth it that if you go out as a police officer and you shoot a person justifiably, but because that person is black and you're white, somehow you lose all that you've worked for? you're in the military and you served and protected this country with your own life, watching your brothers and sisters die overseas, doing in training, you know, putting it on the line and they want to get rid of you because you don't want to get vaccinated. I mean, is it worth it at the end of the day? For some people it's not, but I would encourage the people, the men and women who are still in the fight that, that understand that this is a calling it's gonna take brave men and women to still answer the call um, in spite of all the things that are going on. And, and I wish that you know I could convey this message of blocking out all of the distractions and focusing on the calling that God has called in your life. And we need people to continue to stay in the fight because without that, we don't have a country. We don't have cities. We don't have you know any protection. So I wanna thank them and also encourage them that if it's a calling on your life, stick with the call. Brandon, you were a cop in Tucson for people who aren't geography majors. That's fairly close to the Mexican border. Did you see any effect of illegal immigration on the crime in, in your city? Yeah, I mean, we, we saw a tremendous effect. You know, this is the first city that they, first major city that they go through um, when they come from the southern border to ultimately end up in Phoenix. Uh, but we, we saw a big, you know, rising crime, rising crimes that we cannot solve because people don't have identities. You know, and, and, and also there was a lot of crime of sexual assault, abuse that goes on and people who are illegally in our country who cannot speak English, who, who believe that they're gonna get deported, they don't even call. So you have a whole class of people being victimized in this country, perpetuating criminal activity and they're absolved in our society. So we did see a hike in, in some criminal element that occurred because of the things that go on at the border. And we're not even, we're talking about people. Now, the drugs were even more of an effect in our community than people. I remember when I first started the police department, we didn't have to carry around Narcan, which is the the you know the shot that they give you, they spray it in your nose to bring you back to life, essentially, if you code out 
uh, from overdosing on drugs, but we didn't have none of that. Fentanyl wasn't a thing. Uh, overdoses would happen probably once a month. I mean, we went to, in 2011, uh, 2017, we were, every officer had to carry uh, uh, a Narcan. We were getting people over ODing on fentanyl every day. And, and, and we had to wear a whole biohaz suit when we tested any drugs because any presence of fentanyl and any level of drugs will cause you to pass out and could potentially kill you. So, I mean, drugs have gone out of control. The human trafficking, the, 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 the human uh, capital of crime, all of that increased because of the things that go on at the southern border. Brandon, all right. Why? Why, why is Joe Biden? I mean, this is clearly intentional, right? Why would he flood the United States of America with illegal immigrants? Everything they've done since they took office has basically thrown up a gigantic open for business sign on the border of the country. Why? Because they need a brand new, fresh blood of a voting class. They need all of these people coming in from random countries, flooding in from Mexico, flooding in from Haiti by the hundreds of thousands and even millions over a period of time. And I believe eventually they want to give them amnesty, give them citizenship. And you know who they're going to vote for? They're going to vote for the president that gives them citizenship. And that's going to be an entire new voting class of individuals that they can manipulate and put on the government dole. They are losing traction with average common sense adults in America. They're losing traction. They want this country to be more black and brown, and they also want this country to be more dependent on the government. And what better way to do that um, than to influx an entire needy population of people from all these other countries just to give them citizenship here and allow them to vote and control the narrative? Do you think the GOP is finally waking up to this fact and going to do something about it? Well, I think waking up and doing something about it is two different things. I feel like the GOP been aware of this, been woke to this, but they I don't know if they're going to do anything about it. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget the time when we had the presidency, we had the House and the Senate, and we did nothing about anything. And now we're, we're looking at a, a catastrophe and a person who I would argue is, is an illegitimate person in office. And what are they doing now? What can we do? We are going to have to win more elections to get more people in place so we can have leverage in the House and have leverage in the Senate to even put any laws forward that can benefit our country. So I hope that the Republicans, will, the ones who are fighting, will continue to fight. I hope others will get on um, the bandwagon and, and continue to fight with them. Uh, because if we don't fight now, this will be the end of our constitutional republic. Brandon Tatum, thank you so much, my man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me on. All right. I'll be back. And the Democrats are counting on the corrupt corporate media to suddenly say nothing to see here. 15,000 Haitians under a bridge in Del Rio, nothing to see here. Anyone want to know what Joe Biden's favorite ice cream flavor is? That's the news. Never mind 1.2 million illegal immigrants. Never mind when I took 19 senators down to the border, we went out on the river and saw a man floating dead in the river who died. It is a sad situation right now on the border, and I don't think it does get better, at least not anytime soon. Joining me now to talk about that is Ken LaCourt. He's the founder of the Media Action Network. Ken, when does this end? 
Oh, that's a good question. Um, it'll end when when the news media finds something else, uh, especially like some of the ones that are on our side, like Fox, find something else to cover and they and they go away. Now they will slowly let these Haitians largely back into the country. They'll do it in dribs and drabs. The AP has recently reported that that they're they're letting a number of them into the into the community. So once you don't have a huge look, it's easy to see a visual like that. Big mass of X thousand people under bridges. Once that visual disappears and gets spread out over the border or they're in temporary housing or they're let into the country or whatever it is, then you you can't go there and get that outrage. Um, so from the administration's point of view, they need to kill that image as quickly as possible. They tried it with the drone. Um, um, they had it work against them with the uh, with the horsebacks, which I hope we talk about a little bit. And uh, and that that's what they need to do to make this issue disappear from the public consciousness. It'll still exist, though. I mean, I'm not saying that that solved the problem. You know, solving the problem was something like a fence or actual enforcement of border patrol. Nobody seems to want to do that except three fellows on horses. So we're never going to actually solve the problem. I, I'm aware they'll move on from this story the second they can, they say, the second they get a chance. But we are just going to be stuck filling up the country with illegal immigrants every second Joe Biden's in office. There's there, there's no chance this gets so bad they actually have to do something. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Now maybe the state of Texas or or Arizona comes in and does things that can embarrass them. Start to to patrol parts of that themselves create that that issue on a state level but the biden administration is has no interest in in dramatically reducing the the influx of illegal aliens i mean the only the only president we had was trump and and let's not forget when trump first came out on that even republicans were like oh how dare you they're they're brown people and we need their votes you know he was out by himself when he in a crowded primary, use that issue to interestingly elbow his way to the top of that primary. That was a primary issue. And everybody else was just giving it mama talk. Republicans, I'm glad you brought this up because Republicans, they, they did watch Donald Trump win on that issue. Now, his charisma had a bit to do with it, but that was his campaign. The Republicans have seen the power of the illegal immigration voting base, and yet they still are such weenies on this issue. Why, Ken? Well, I'm not, you know, I, I don't know well enough. I mean, obviously, Ted Cruz was being pretty, uh, pretty, pretty forceful there. I suspect that you will see Republicans start to talk about that more on a, on a federal level. But guess what? The Republicans don't have any power anymore on the federal level. They've got to, you know, besides the Supreme Court and, and very few things will work their way to that, Republicans for, for lots of reasons have zero amount of influence in the federal government today. So whatever they say doesn't really matter. What reasons? Well, I mean, they lost elections, right? I mean, we lost, you know, we, we can debate about that, I suppose. But, but some of that was uh, some of that was final Trump backlash. Some of that was them not putting together a clear enough and articulate reason to be elected. Some of that also was like, hey, when you guys had all the power, you didn't do all that much. You know, look, love Trump in many ways, but it four years and we don't have a we still don't have a fence over over things. And that was kind of a promise that we had had. And when the Republicans had all the power, they had the Senate, the presidency, and the and the uh, and the house they didn't do zip on it or at least not zip enough to 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 create anything substantive on it 
And, you know, then they, they kind of bobbled the ball in the days after the election. They were they were so busy screaming about a fake election and, and, and problems that weren't bought by the American people. And then we lost the Senate, too, because of that issue. So, you know, we'll get there. But but we're going to bring the Republican Party dragging, kicking and screaming behind us. Ken, you brought up the whip story earlier, and it is, it's just one of the most fascinating latest examples of them being able to cre- create a story from nothing. I love this story, because any story that the media jumps on that you can disprove with your own eyes, or all you, look, all you have to do is click play on that image that you have there, and you say, okay, he's got his reins, he uses it to hit the horse every once in a while, because you have to kind of just get their attention sometimes. Didn't hit a person with that, not... Literally, there are are news outlets saying that they were cracking whips and all of that stuff. So I view this as 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 a win for for anybody who says, you know, sometimes it's hard to explain the lies of the media and and on complicated stories. But I mean, the fact that you can still have a story up on YouTube right now uh, saying that uh, you know that that people are being whipped at the border yet you still haven't had anybody apologize or 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 talk about you know that whole Hunter Biden laptop thing that we called a a hoax and took down off of social media left right and center interestingly there's not one social media outlet that is saying you know if you lie about the border patrol on this and call that a whip we're taking your stuff down they only have those conversations about censorship when it's on one side of the political aisle. And this is a terrific example of it. But look, show this to a liberal friend and say, is that a whip? And they're like, no, they're, they're, they're lying. And that's that's good for us. Yeah. Ken LaCourt, thank you so much, my brother. All right, dude. Take care. All right. We'll be back. border problem is not going to go away. It's a really, really, really big deal that the United States of America is currently the open sewer of the world. No nation, no matter how wealthy and powerful, can possibly withstand this amount of illegal immigration. We got to get it under control. All right, we'll stay on it. We'll be back. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.